diary. This month feels really long. I was looking at the calendar today and I was like, oh my gosh, we got like five Mondays in January, which is awesome because that means five. It's hard episodes, but dang, it's a lot. Um, I hope you're doing well. If you're new here, uh, welcome. My name is Paige Boner and this is the It's Hard Podcast. Name is 100% Intentional. And I started this podcast three years ago, a little over three years ago, and recently have kind of shifted the focus of the podcast to be a sober, curious, and sobriety-focused podcast. So I'm really excited because this is a topic that's really near and dear to my heart. I got sober um, when I was 22. So I have been sober for nearly the whole time that I've been doing this podcast because I started this podcast when I was 22 as well, just earlier in the year. So it's starting to become a part of me that I just you know, don't really know anything else, but I do know the struggles of it. I did drink before I got sober. So I know the shift and it's hard. It's, it's not an easy journey to take. And I believe so strongly in choosing your hard and that, you know, some things that you choose are going to be, you know, more beneficial, but some things you choose are, just hard in general, but they're just a part of your life. And if you choose your hard, no matter what you do, life is hard, but choosing something like sobriety or being sober curious or just mindfully drinking is going to benefit you in the end. And it's not the way that society typically encourages us to do things. And so it can be hard to kind of go against the grain in that way. So I'm just here to support you and share with you my experiences. And if you're somebody who is reimagining your relationship with alcohol, or you're trying to support a friend in that space or a partner in that space, or you're, you know, fully on the sober journey, this is all for you. And I'm really excited that you're here and I'm excited to continue to share my feelings and stories, but also stories of other people who have chosen this path or have started non-alcoholic brands or have been sober for, you know, eight to 10 years before it was cool, if you will, or what dating is like when you're sober or what was it like to be a sober bride? And I'm really looking forward to, you know, diving deeper into those topics with all of you along for the ride. But today we're talking about feelings and I love feelings. They're just so fun, (laughs) but they can be really overwhelming. And when you're somebody who doesn't drink, believe it or not, your feelings are constantly there and you don't really have anything to suppress those feelings. And so it can be really hard to constantly have to feel all of the feels. And so I want to share about my experience and my continual experience of trying to figure the fuck out how to manage my emotions and my feelings without alcohol. Cause it's really hard. And I know that sometimes when you're stressed or anxious or sad, 
And this is again, just something that we're taught. It's like, well, let's go get a beer. Let's go grab a glass of wine. Like, oh, I could just use a glass of wine. I'm so stressed or, oh my gosh, I'm so sad about this thing. Let's go get drunk. And that's a real thing. Alcohol is a way to suppress your emotions. It's utilized in a lot of ways to blur out the feelings and the emotions that you might be having about a specific situation. And that's because of the way that it reacts chemically with the brain. And it actually really interferes with emotional regulation. So what it can do is instead of, you know, just making you this calm, cool, collected person, a lot of times it actually brings out like a subsequent emotion or another emotion when you turn to alcohol. And so you might realize about yourself that you don't cry at all. And then you get drunk and you just bawl your eyes out. And that's because you're suppressing this emotion. And at some point, like it just, it can't be suppressed anymore. And the truth is going to come out. You're just going to ball and you're going to finally feel those things, except you're not really knowing how it feels because you're, you're drunk. And so you're kind of, I always felt like I was observing myself from, from outside of my body. Like I would be like crying, but I just didn't feel like it was me. Whereas when I cry now, I really feel it. Like I feel it so in my body. And like when I'm in pain, I'm just like so in my body about it because there's no other way. And then I have that emotional release that, you know, like I had it today, actually I cried. Um, and for hours after I was like, oh, I have that like clean feeling in my brain, but also in my face of just like, oh my God. I released all of that pressure, but I don't feel like I ever felt that way when I would drink and I would cry. I was just like, oh, well, this is just kind of happening because my body's like, you have to do this because this is something you were trying to avoid several hours ago. And now you're so drunk that like, you're just going to do this. And a lot of people also get angry. I, I used to see that a lot, um, in a previous relationship is I would see anger, um, come out with alcohol. And that's usually just because of a suppressing or, you know, and, a trying to avoid of certain emotions, um, and alcohol is a depressant. And so it will make you sad and it will make you down and it's not, you know, an upper and it's not going to fix anything, but, when we grab for alcohol and when we drink and we kind of just push those emotions aside, it does work in a sense where like you are avoiding them. And so you might cry, but then the next day you have the excuse of, oh, well, I was just drunk. Like I was just being stupid. When you don't drink, you don't have that excuse. You cry, you cry like that, that happened. That really happened. And it's, it's hard. Like it, it's not easy to always be so aware of your emotions. And it's not easy to grab a drink and get drunk when you're feeling these ways. Right. So again, it just goes back to what's your heart going to be? What path are you going to choose? Because again, I'm not here to tell you that you shouldn't drink. That's not my purpose in all of this. 
However, I don't think that you should drink to suppress emotions because I believe in the power of our feelings and our emotions and releasing those in a healthy manner. We have been raised to believe that, you know, showing your emotions and showing your feelings is bad in some way, that it shows weakness and an inability to, you know, present yourself in a certain way, a lack of stability. Um, And especially women, you know, we're emotional beings by nature and we are always, you know, trying to suppress that because we don't want to seem emotional and that we cannot keep up with men. And then men are told that they are not emotional. And so when they cry, they're seen as weak or incapable or wussies or whatever you freaking call it. And so everyone is always bullied for how they're feeling and what their emotions are. And that's why I don't know if anyone else is like this. Whenever I cry, I'm like, why am I crying? I don't know why I'm crying. (sighs) Like, I don't know what's wrong with me. And that's because when we were little, all we were told is like, stop crying, stop crying. Like, what's wrong? What's wrong? Whereas sometimes don't you just want to fucking cry? Like, I just, I just, sometimes I just want to fucking cry and I don't even know why. And it's, it's fine. I have hormones. I'm on my period. I'm just sad today. What if I don't even have a reason? What if I just cry? Because that's what body bodily function, like peeing. It's just fascinating that we feel this need to avoid all of these emotions as if they're bad or wrong. And that's why we end up grabbing for external things like drugs and alcohol to try to suppress these feelings is because we don't know how to deal. We weren't ever taught how to deal. And all we were ever shown was just grab a drink. Like that's what people in front of us did. That's what we're told is supposed to happen because none of us know what the fuck we're doing. None of us know what we're doing. And the day that you start realizing that we're all just on this floating fucking sphere and trying to figure out what the fuck we're doing and none of us really know, you realize that you can start making decisions for yourself that align with what you need. And it might be the harder decision. When you're sober, you kind of have no choice, right? So like I'm sober. And if I feel an emotion, I I can't just decide whether or not I'm going to grab for the glass of wine, right? I I can't grab for the glass of wine. I can get a fake glass of wine, but it's not going to have any of the like negative effects that a real glass of wine would have, right? It could be, you know, kind of a buffer. I still would have to think like, okay, well, why am I grabbing for this? Now I'm more so grab for drinks because of taste or I only drink my non-alcoholic options usually when I'm going out somewhere or being around people. Um, cause a lot of them have like adaptogens and botanicals in them and such, but I don't like just grab for that on a regular weekday. I'd rather have a big old bucket of ice cream to be honest, but I don't have the option. If you're somebody who's like sober curious or choosing to be mindfully drinking, you do have to kind of sit with that feeling of, am I going to grab this glass of wine? Why am I grabbing this glass of wine? Am I going to actively choose not to grab this glass of wine? And 
I think there's a lot to be said in that moment of being able to, anytime there's a, a gravitational pull towards going to a happy hour after work or being in a moment of, of high emotion and then, you know, wanting to have a drink of some sort, being able to stop and ask yourself why could be a really telling to if that moment is worth it or if you could do something else instead of that. And again, that's easier said than done. That has to be an active practice that you decide to do because I think we get to a point where it's almost second nature. I used to just open the bottle of red wine at the end of the day and pour myself a big hefty glass and end up with two or three glasses deep suddenly. I don't even know if I was aware. I think it was just habit at some point where I would just grab the glass and the the bottle and pour it, go, go, go. And here we go. And I wasn't thinking about, oh, I had a stressful day. I might not have even known I was stressed because we're constantly numbing our emotions with things even more than alcohol with our phones and everything. And so sometimes we're not even aware of how we're feeling. We're just grabbing for that thing out of habit. So is it putting it in a different place or is it, you know, actively knowing or deciding in the beginning of the day, what you're going to have to drink with dinner that night? You know, is it going to be a nice sparkling water? I I literally a glass of milk popped into my head. I don't know why <laughs> that's so gross to me. I, I'm not a glass of milk person, but, um, it reminds me of my friend Maria. I don't know if she listens to this or not, but from high school, she would always drink a glass of milk with like everything, but um, just like you have to also think about it from that perspective that this might be subconscious at this point. That's scary. That's really scary if it's subconscious. Cause that, that happened to me. It was always subconscious for me. And I didn't even know what I was doing until I was doing it. And I didn't even know what I was suppressing until the next day. Now I am constantly aware of every emotion that I'm feeling. I know every day at the end of the day, how tired I am, how stressed I am, because I'm just always on high alert of my emotions because I don't have any other option. And so you're going to feel it and it's going to feel intense. And if you choose to stop drinking specifically like done drinking, done, 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 you're going to feel it. And I just want to help everybody who's going down this path. And even if you're somebody who's going to choose to be mindfully drinking and you, this is a part of it. I think this is a huge part of mindful drinking is knowing when it's appropriate to drink. And in those moments of stress, I just, I don't think it's super appropriate. And again, I don't like restrictions on it, but I think it's just a a moment and opportunity to be really aware of why and the ability to slow down and decide for yourself if it is the right moment to drink. And I think that's exactly what mindful drinking is, is just finding the wherewithal in yourself to know whether or not that moment is worth it. And if it's appropriate for yourself to grab for that drink at that moment. But this can be a really challenging mental health battle. And if you're deciding to go down this path, I hope you know, and you are prepared 
for the fact that it won't be easy and that you're going to have to try different ways to process those emotions because it's heavy and it's a lot. And especially when you're dealing, if you're dealing with really heavy things, it's, it's heavy. You know, when my nephew was in the hospital, we thought he was going to die at one point. And I was like, I just want to drink. Like, that's all I want to do right now is I just want to drink. And I had to sit there and I realized that when I just cried and I talked and I journaled and I processed, I felt so much better. And that's, there wasn't space for that before when I would have just grabbed a glass of wine or gone out and gotten drunk. And I realize now that I would have felt guilty. Like if I had just gone and gotten drunk, I would have felt like guilty. Like I'm not dealing with this properly, but now I can look back and and realize that at the time I probably wasn't thinking that right. But when I have those really heavy emotions, you know, start there and I'm don't, I don't drink anymore. It is the talking through it. I do have to say a lot of things out loud. I have to express my feelings. I have to work through it verbally and everyone's different with how they work through things. Some people are internal processors. Some people are external. I'm external Jack's internal. Um, and some people like to journal. Some people like to draw, paint, sing, play music. Like there's a bunch of different ways to do it. I think you have to find what works for you. I am a, I'm a journaler. Honestly, riding horses is really therapeutic for me, which I'm getting back into. And I'm so excited. Um, but it's very therapeutic for me. I feel like I just lose myself when I not, not in a bad way, but I just like kind of get lost in my brain. I'm not on my phone. I'm just like so present in the moment. I'm so content. And when I do that, it's, it's just super healing for me. And so you have to find something that will help you to work through those emotions because just sitting and staring, like it just doesn't always work. I guess I don't know. I I shouldn't say that because that might be something that works for you. It's just like sitting and staring at the sunset. I just have found that like moving my body or journaling or doing something that kind of helps me work through it is helpful. Now I, I do think that like some sort of talking or journaling to like kind of process a little bit more with like a verbal or writing is probably going to work too or work best after you do something that might help you. But when I'm in those big emotions, I usually have to talk about it and then maybe do something like move my body, go for a walk, ride a horse. If that, if I'm so lucky, um, I don't know, work out, whatever that looks like. And then to like journal, you know, where was I? How did I get where I am now? What does this feel like? What did this look like? And it's not a one and done, you know, that's a several day, maybe weeks um, that I'm going to be processing through that emotion. Now, if I'm stressed after work, this is still something I'm trying to figure out. Or if I'm like really tired in an ideal world, I would like go for a walk immediately after work or go 
do like another mini workout. I always work out before work. Um, but if I like had a tough day in ideal world, I would go like move my body probably first. Um, but usually what I do, which I do that probably more so in the summer, it's harder in the winter when it gets so dark so early. And like, I can't, I can walk around my complex, but I can't like go out for a walk by myself in my neighborhood. Um, so I find myself usually like laying in bed and reading a book, um, to kind of calm my mind and relax myself. The only bummer with that, sometimes I fall asleep. So it's like kind of a nap that it turns into, which isn't always great. Um, just for like my sleep in general and my mental health. Um, but you know, I'm still trying to figure out like, how do I process that post-work exhaustion, stress, et cetera. Um, because I think that is probably the most dangerous because that's probably where we're more habitual in our gravitating towards something that isn't always super great for us. And I think that trying to actively choose something that will better yourself, even when it's hard is going to of course be the best option. And I feel like when I get home from work, I'm just like so exhausted or whatever. And the last thing I want to do is like put on my workout clothes, go, go to the gym or, you know, go walk around like the complex. I just want to sit for a second and just like do nothing. And that sometimes works for me, but I think that there's probably an opportunity to do a little bit of both or do a balance. And so what I am trying out, which I just talked about a little bit, but I am going to start riding horses on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, there's a horse that I'm going to be riding. And I think that's going to be really good for me to just go and get lost a little bit for a few hours on those days and kind of balance out doing something else. Um, yeah. So I just, if you're deciding to go this direction, it's important to be prepared with your mental health. If you're on medication or you were on medication, um, that's just like something to talk about yourself with and your doctor with, um, because once you stop having that crutch, the feelings are really intense and they're really real and, you're going to have to find a way to accept those feelings and process those feelings in a healthy manner. And that's when the real growth happens and the real healing happens, but it's also scary. Right. And so I just want to be real about that, but also know that you're not alone. If you feel that way, if you feel overwhelmed by those emotions and, you know, feel kind of like out of place or out of whack, that's so not abnormal at all. You're, you know, going from depending on something, maybe even subconsciously, or at least having a crutch that you can go to if needed to having nothing and having to fully process things on your own and being responsible for that. It's a really challenging place to be in. Um, but I'm here to support you. If you do need anything, I'm, I'm not kidding. I really want to support people. And I know a lot of people in the sober community who have felt very similar ways who would also be willing to support and talk about this because 
it can be a really scary thing. And mental health is scary in both departments. It's scary as, you know, people abuse alcohol for mental health reasons, but also when you don't have that alcohol as a way out, it can also be a scary place to exist in. So I just want you to know you're not alone and that it's okay to feel a little bit lost and a little confused in those feelings, but you have to actively decide to do something or try something that could propel you forward in those moments. And it might be trial and error and that's perfectly fine. That's perfectly fine. Um, you're allowed to have trial and error and mess up and get back up again and figure things out. That's all right. So you're not alone. If you have a question for me about sobriety, being sober curious or anything in that umbrella, mindful drinking, it can be anything. It can be about my experience. It can be about, um, you know, anything specific regarding friends, dating, friendships. Um, I said friendships already, relationships, marriage, partnerships, mocktail recipes, which I'm not a mocktail recipe gal, but my girl host by Tori is. So follow her on Instagram and TikTok. Um, but like drink recommendations, I'm doing a lot of that on my Instagram. So at it's hard podcast, I'm going to be having drink recommendations every week. Um, I'm going to be having, those are non-alcoholic drink recommendations, obviously. I'm having things that you can do that don't involve alcohol. I'm going to be having guides like non-alcoholic bottle shops near you or, you know, what to order when you go to a bar that doesn't have any options. Um, so yeah, stay tuned for all of that and everything that's to come on this podcast. And you can find all the discount codes below busy coffee, kind lips, the best chapstick, the only chapstick that I will use other than Aquaphor um, and better help. All discount codes are below. I hope you have a wonderful week. Thank you so much for being here and I will see you next week. Bye.